Due to synchronous diaries, this episode was not recorded remotely and probably contains adult language and themes. Hello and welcome to TV DNA, The Walking Dead, Season 11, Episode 9. No other way. My name is Adam and I'm here with Damien. Hello. And Neil. Mucho watcha. <laughs> here we go. So we're back with The Walking Dead. How incredibly exciting. I thoroughly enjoyed this first episode of season 11B. What did you think, chaps? I loved it. Pavo? I thought it was so exciting that we should all get in the room together <laughs> and record live. No need for this podcast was recorded remotely this week because we are all in person, together, in the same place. But we might talk about adult themes and use adult language. We probably will. We're currently in the green room at the space. So yeah, that's where we're recording right now. So let's get into it then. I wanted to talk about the title, first of all, No Other Way. What did that kind of mean for you, having seen the episode? God, that fits into so much. I guess No Other Way in that every character is holding on to what they believe in. Yeah, much in agreement with you, Neil, and I think particularly the pivotal moment of the episode with Maggie going postal. There was no other way... She had to do what she had to do, and, and that, in turn, has set off, or at least blocked off, any chance of the Reavers and the gang coexisting peacefully. Yeah, the Reapers. Sorry, the Reapers. Yeah, I had uh, no other way out for Judith and Gracie and Aaron, as their path was blocked off. Yep. That's the only other link to that. I think we should go through the episode sort of almost scene by scene, because there was so much <laughs> happening and going on. As is my passion, had a good old look at the opening <laughs> credits for this. Although I haven't looked back on, on season 11 eight to remind myself of what they were. But I did enjoy the Hanging Bodies Reaper mm -hmm. style. I can't remember if they'd been included before. It felt like there were more cracks in those window panes hanging from the trees. And I definitely spotted a mask. I think it was by the motorbike. And it looked to me like it was Carver's Reaper mask. Oh, wow. Although it could, have, could easily have been a Whisperer mask as well. Although if we talk about masks, Elijah. We yeah. get to see Elijah maskless, yeah. um, which I particularly enjoyed. And he, he had quite a presence in this episode. Yeah, absolutely. Very much his revenge story yeah. kind of yeah. going through here. Well, let's start with the opening then. So the Reaper battle, we come back in and we see these... Uh, arrows coming from the Huacha. I had completely forgotten that they were flaming arrows and in fact turned out to be almost fireworks. Yep. Well, I, I think um, I remember listening to a video where, what's her name? The woman who's the present showrunner. Angela Kang. Angela Kang. See, I'm a picture of her face. I just couldn't remember her name. But she was talking about how they deliberately researched what weapons were used like centuries ago so therefore they're weapons that could theoretically be made within this post-apocalypse world and they came across this ancient oriental weapon and obviously that's where fireworks came from anywhere from from that part of the planet i thought it was fascinating how random it was. Like, Leah didn't care who it was that was going to die. They could have been part of her side or they could have been part of our side, for want of a better description. And that, to me, slightly diminished her argument of looking after her family because that weapon didn't look after her family. That was undiscriminate. 
as a point of order, I know I said previously that Huacha was a Japanese creation. I was wrong. It's Korean. Yeah, you're absolutely right, because, of course, Maggie uses the flaming arrows to dispatch with one of the Reapers. It's worth reminding ourselves that the Reapers are meant to be this kind of paramilitary, really, really tough, the toughest opponents that this group has ever faced before. They've, they've been to war, you know, yeah. they've dealt with stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So this was kind of a, almost a lucky kill for Maggie, in a way. Defo, I mean, if we, without jumping too far ahead, the three of them had to use very dirty tricks to equal karma. And then, you know, Maggie's in this doorway scuffle with a trained killer, Black Ops. And she's just very fortunate he gets a whatcher through the chest. So Maggie was my killer in this episode, so it's quite... quite no. Quite happy to see some early points coming out there. Um, Maggie then finds Elijah and Negan. Elijah is bleeding quite badly. They need to take care of the bleeding. Fortunately, they are in a corridor next to a door which leads to an infirmary. Oh, I know, I thought that's lucky. Because I forgot that that was previously Maggie and her gang's stronghold. So is that... Alright, so she just happens to know that the next door opens to this. And I remembered. And then, of course, there's this kind of fake wall that she manages to to sneak through and they're all safe for some reason there's a fake wall in this city that oh not city this compound that they had but i thought that that hole she was looking through probably would have been quite conspicuous if you were the other side <laughs> it's quite sizable do you think i hadn't thought of that but you're absolutely right so they hide in this place uh maggie and negan get an opportunity to disagree over things again and Carver comes in and we hear over the radio uh, Leah and Carver having a conversation and Leah says nobody gets out alive. So a reminder of the stakes and, and how this is kind of do or die for, for the two of them in this, the two sort of opposing factions in this battle. Then we move on to Alexandria. Uh, we get to see Rosita and Lydia and Diane in the stairwell. Rosita would have been a good choice for Kilo, wouldn't she? Yeah. And Diane reminds us that Gracie and Judith are missing. They didn't make it up the stairs. Yeah, and then Jerry magically appears. Last episode, we were all like, where's Jerry? Where's, what's Jerry doing? Why isn't he helping out with any of these things? It's probably because he was already single-handedly taking on the storm yep. and raging against the tempest and sort of beating back the clouds in Jerry style. Classic Big J. Yeah. yeah. But we learn a few other bits and pieces. There's been another breach. Magna and Connie are going to go and deal with that. The windmill's still on fire. But then Aaron hears Gracie's emergency signal. So Aaron decides he's going to deal with that and leaves Carol and Jerry and Kelly to deal with the fire. So our next scene sees Gabriel walking through mm. somewhere and uh, he's being sort of as a, a reaper with him in his sights. And then Daryl leaps in and takes that reaper on. There's a kind of battle uh, with, I think his name's Austin, we find out later on, in a classroom. And ultimately, Daryl takes him to school. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. I've got more. Brilliant. That was classic, almost trench warfare style. Yeah. I mean, the way he dispatched him was so harsh. Slowly trying to strangle him against the door as the yeah. other the other guys are knocking, asking him if he's all right and where he is. Which then leads on to, unless people want to talk about it, something that I thought was very dodgy. Daryl is the king of hide and seek. Mm. Within half a second, he realises there's an alcove 
behind the blackboard and then hides it behind it. And no, I was like, yep, yeah, no, nothing to see here. I'll just run down the corridor. <laughs> I couldn't believe that. Doesn't Leah show up and find Austin? Is that right? If I remember? They open the door and they find mm. Austin, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she says, no more, no more of my family are going to die or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think that gives, like, Daryl hope that they can come to some sort of resolution and we'll come on to Daryl's deal mm. a little bit later on. Uh, but now we come to Aaron coming to the rescue. Judith and Gracie are being attacked by walkers. Judith loses her sword, um, but that doesn't stop her, you know, being a complete kick-ass dealing with walkers as they approach. Now, there was a moment in this where Aaron was being held underwater yeah. with a walker. And then something happened to that walker. It wasn't yeah. clear to me what happened to the walker. Crushed his skull. Yeah. With his... With, with his, his bear. With his, <laughs> with his, yeah, with his hand and his, his mace or whatever it That's is. That's how amazing Aaron is. Yeah, yeah. Just completely crushed his skull. Gracie and Judith get out, but we get some more walkers coming in. And Aaron's in trouble. It hasn't got time to get up to the window that he came in. And there's is always he skull crushing? He is, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's on fire, so to speak, and, and whilst submerged. But, I mean, he take, he dispatches quite a few walkers in a row at that point, doesn't he? Yeah. He would have been a good killer to... To pick. pick. He'd have to be a, a real connoisseur of The Walking Dead to pick him as a killer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I did... Yeah, so he was your pick, right? Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. I skipped over the fact that Neil had Daryl as a killer. And, oh, yes, and so, right. you know, he those points scored. Yeah, we the worst. Austin kill. Mm-hmm. I was getting worried, to be honest, at that point. And then, and then once Aaron got into the the cell, I thought, okay, I'm back in the game. And Elijah was bleeding profusely. He was. So I was like, I don't know if he's gonna. I don't know if our, our mate's gonna make it out of this. It could be points. Were you desiring him to die? I wasn't desiring. Him to <laughs> Had he passed, I would have been upset. But there would have been a silver lining in that. In the universe, yeah. So our favourite character of The Walking Dead, Father Gabriel, mm. meets the priest, the Reaper priest. Yeah. And they have quite an interesting conversation, I think. The priest questions whether Gabriel listens or hears God anymore. Quote, you don't hear him anymore, which was, I, I, I thought, really pertinent, certainly to Father Gabriel's journey. I couldn't remember whether it was, you don't hear him anymore, do you even listen? Or mm. you're not listening and you don't even... I can't Whichever way around it was, I thought it was really interesting. The kind of passive action of hearing and then the active... You, are you even listening yeah, for his yeah. voice anymore? I thought it was really interesting. Gabriel doesn't really believe that God could speak to this man who has been involved in so much bloodshed. But also, Father Gabe was unhesitant about murdering that reaper. I think the journey that he has taken, or certainly where he's at at the moment on his journey, and I imagine that journey will continue to develop, where he's a real badass at the moment, and potentially has lost certainly elements of the Christian faith in the choices that he's making. And whilst he used to frustrate me as a character, and I know I'm not alone in that, I'm absolutely loving what he's doing, certainly as a viewer, not necessarily literally what he's doing, but yeah. We talked last season, didn't we, about how the sort of sequence of things that had happened to Father Gabriel that in a short space of time have kind of led him to be this way. He's very much on an Old Testament vibe. Yeah. Now. Yeah. He, he's, I mean, he's not heard the good words about the New Testament. <laughs> he's very much fire and brimstone. It felt like, I don't know, maybe I'm being a massive Egypt. Massive what? Egypt. A massive Egypt. But it felt like, you know, when you... Maybe I was going to listen to lots of his, history podcasts, but these ideas of these 
warrior, not popes, although they were warrior mm. popes, but warrior bishops mm. in kind of chivalric times. And we, we kind of had that, really, these two people who were spilling blood mm. in a kind of quasi-name mm. of, of the Lord. Goodness me, was the Reaver priest on the wrong side of that. Gabe was like, yeah, at the end of the day, there's me, there's you, and one of us needs to die. <laughs> it ain't gonna be me. In many ways, a religious theological debate had thousands of times before. I don't think either of them would have stood a chance against the baby-eating Bishop of Bath and Well. <laughs> when, when does he appear? <laughs> he appears in Blackadder. And, and, uh, <laughs> I'd love to see him in, in the Zombie In the apocalypse. Walking Dead. Crossover episode. They've missed out something there. But yeah, there is one line, the, the blood has been spilt in God's name for centuries, and then the Reaper priest says, and no one is above saving. And I think, you know, this, this debate about whether we should be saving people... Yeah or not saving people, about looking after our own. It's something that's been going on throughout the whole of The Walking Dead, pretty much since the beginning. But yeah, he offers Gabriel the hand of peace and gets a blade in the gut instead, I think. Right thing to do? Well, by Gabe? Yeah. Unfortunately, I would say yes. Unfortunately, I think that, well, obviously there's societal collapse. um, And in a way, you kind of do need to look after your own. Well, certainly when you're facing people who are going to throw a load of fireworks at you. I mean, I was actually at the Space Lost Fireworks night and there was kids around the corner releasing fireworks in the street and one of them came in, in, into the Space Garden where I was seeing having a, a drink and a smoke. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I don't excuse anyone who sets off fireworks irresponsibly. So you gutted him with a knife? Yeah, yeah. Fair <laughs> Didn't you see in the news? <laughs> no, we, we covered it up for you, Neil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, thank you for Don't that. look under the benches. As yeah. long as we don't let anybody hear about it, we should be fun, okay. Yeah. The worst bit is, as you said to the kid, look at the flowers as you did it. So our next scene sees Carver stalking Maggie into what is clearly a trap. Mm-hmm. Um, and Elijah, Negan and Maggie then take on Carver. And as you said, Damon, it took three of them some pretty dirty tactics and I kind of felt yes at last we've got a reaper living up to the name and being tough and hard to kill he was amazing really good viewing yeah I thought that fight scene was just electric it's almost I don't either of you saw the Daredevil series when it was on uh, Netflix and there's there's one scene in that as this crazy fight in a corridor that I thought was reminiscent I thought the choreography in that fight was brilliant I was actually really impressed and shocked to an extent as to what he was capable of. And, I mean, Maggie really got compromised there. Like, he really could have done. I absolutely loved Negan's over-here shit tick. And there was the start of throwing him off balance and eventually capturing him. But no, I, I as fight sequences go, I loved that. Yeah, so Negan grabs his bell, throws some sand in his face, and then yeah. hits him. He really rung his bell. Mm. Well, ding ding. Ding ding, yes, indeed. Ding um, dong. Enjoyed it that much, did you? And at that point, I was like, is Carver dead? Because Carver was one of my deaths. Well, of not forget. So I was like, he must, Carver might be dead now. And then Maggie is about to finish the job. I think she picks up one of Elijah's yep. blades. About to finish the job. And fucking Daryl shows up. Oh. I was like, fuck off, Daryl! Daryl and his morals. Oh, like, my yeah, God. We're going to use Carver in order to get what we want and to end the conflict. 
They don't want Carver to die. We'll use him in part of a, a transaction to get what they want and get out alive. I think there's nothing worse than someone being abruptly stopped just as they're about to finish you off. <laughs> oh, you can tell we're excited we're in a room together. Not in that way, excited. <laughs> let's, let's move on. We next see Lydia climbing out of a window to go and help Aaron. I can't remember how this all comes about. I've written Lydia going out window to get to cellar. Presumably she's going to look for Judith and Gracie, right? Is that how that happened? I can't quite remember because it's all very hectic. He's on mm-hmm. the staircase. Rosita and Lydia are killing all the zombies. Then your woman, Sorry. Diane, comes mm-hmm. down and takes over. And yeah, she just opens when she jumps out. And I, I think it's that she's looking for Aaron. Or maybe you're right. Maybe she's trying to find a way to get to, to find Gracie and, and Judith. Judith. And then she looks in the window and sees that Aaron is... Aaron's hanging from the pipe, right? Yeah, so yeah. I have some issues with this. Yeah. I have some real fucking issues with this. Spider Aaron. Yeah. Like, what? How, how, is he, how is he made up this? So he's in the water. The, the level of the water is significantly above the table. Maybe from standing on the table. Pipe. I think you had to really suspend your disbelief in this zombie apocalypse. Clearly, he has a go-go gadget extension underneath the mace that meant he could lasso the pipe and that makes pour sense. himself up. Yeah, may, may, maybe he's got other attachments. It's very popular in Alexandria. Indeed. Anyway, Lydia saves him with the use of a rope. It's all kind of very much sort of cut away, but we don't see a lot of it. But eventually we see Lydia pulling Aaron out. No, not off. No, no, pulling Aaron out. Come on! No, because it's neither of their style, and that's fair enough. Yeah. But normally I would be annoyed about that, but I'm actually glad that we that they cut to that. Because what, I mean, we've seen it a million times. Yeah. And that was kind of the key thing was, like Lydia says, you would have done the same for me. Um, and it, again, a little reminder of Aaron and Lydia's kind of relationship, because he was the first person to make contact with her during the whole Whisperer War. Let's give Lydia something to do. <laughs> she hasn't got much story. Yeah, I mean, what's the point of her at the moment? I think there was, there was definitely some heavy hinting towards stuff at the end of mm. the episode with Lydia. Yeah. Agreed. We'll come on to that. Back to Meridian, and Daryl is making a deal. So he's trying to make this deal with Leah, and he's going to give them Carver. They're going to go away. They're going to disappear. Once they're far enough away, he'll release Carver and they're going to take the food back to Alexandria. And it seems like Leah's up for the deal. And then all of a sudden, she's got a sniper. Jensen, the sniper, is shooting at them. Except it's not Jensen. Well, it might be Jensen at that point. I don't think it ever was Jensen. No, I don't think it was either. Which was amazing. No, I, I, I agree with Adam. I think that he did whatever he needed to do to Jensen. Um, and he was in that position before that scene started. The coolest line mm-hmm. of the episode, over the radio comes Father Gabriel's voice. Nope, no Jensen here. Yeah. Call me Gabriel. Yeah. yeah. No, that was very cool. Very badass. Yes. But Carver's still only wounded. He's not dead. Much to Adam's frustration <laughs> at that point. Not... There's it the night that says, he gets his limbs cut off one by one <laughs> and waited by a third. I'll still have you, come on. <laughs> Call it a draw. My, my notes are a bit hazy here because I was just enjoying the episode too much at this point. But the deal is back on. They say, yes, you know, Leah agrees, we'll go, we'll go. And um, she starts to head off. Maggie asks Negan for his thoughts, mm. which I thought was interesting. Yep. And he says, you know what I think. What do you think he thought? Maggie knew what he thought. <laughs> Did she, though? Did she? 
because from his reaction to what she did, I don't know. Just jumping back quickly, I thought it was interesting that Leah said to Carver just before she left, I'll see you soon. Not on this mortal coil, you won't. How wrong can you be? Yeah, I don't know. Negan's always, Negan's been about getting out of this alive. So I guess in my head, he was saying, shoot them. Yeah. I think he was yeah. saying, shoot them. I, I Otherwise, agree. you know, we've yeah. got the upper hand yeah. now. Get the threat. Get rid of the threat, yeah. These, these people. Don't think morally. Yeah. Just do what is everybody's necessary. Um, but Maggie, you know, they, it feels like Maggie's letting them all go. But then as they're turned around and their backs are to the group, Maggie steps forward, raises her gun, shoots two of them in the back of the head. Yeah. Shoots at Leah, yeah. wings her yeah. if she survives. Wow, Daryl's going mental at this point. And then Maggie, like one of them's not dead, turns around and very calmly finishes him off. Whilst Adam's just notching scores on his bedpost. Yeah, absolutely. These were two, yeah, it's two points for each human kill. So Maggie got another another four points in yeah. this little section. Let's not forget though, Maggie got that gun because Daryl turned around and said, "Here, you might need this." And then Daryl's there like, "Oh my god, what the fuck did he do?" Why did I give you that gun, for God's sake? And how is Daryl the moral compass all of a sudden? Well. We'll come to that in a bit, I think. Mm. But um, I did think it was interesting that there was a body hanging from their ankles. Just to remind us that these reefers were bad people and had done bad things. And then we get Carver. Conveniently, Maggie's gun is now out of bullets. So she needs to use one of Elijah's blades to dispatch with Carver. Earning me another two points. Earning you more points. Earning you five points. Well, it's not killed Maggie and then Maggie and, and, and yeah. Carver's dead, so that earns you five points. Yeah, absolutely. Double bubble. Yeah. yeah. I've got that in my notes. And a yeah. double bubble. <laughs> <laughs> Always satisfying when you're a killer, killed one of your deaths. <laughs> uh, yes, indeed. So seven points from that very, yeah. very brief moment. Something we haven't talked much about yet is Elijah. We learnt last season that I think it was Carver was the one who killed... Elijah's sister, or certainly the Reapers were the ones who, mm, his yeah. sister was dead, and it was them that had, had killed her. So he is very much egging Maggie on throughout all of this. They've got to die, they've got to pay for what they've done. So yeah, it was very fitting that she used Elijah's blade to kill Carver. And whilst that's going on, I know we touched on it, but those close-ups of Negan's reaction to that, I mean, yeah. It's clear that he knows that that is very likely to be what happens to him when Maggie feels the time is right. Yeah, he's been sparring with Maggie for so long. And then to see her in cold blood shoot two, three people in the back and then kill another one who's injured and lying on the floor, I think you definitely can see that she means the business. I've got to say, I thought Lauren Cohen was superb in this episode. Yeah. And Jeffrey Dean Morgan for that yeah. for that fact. I thought both of them were really excellent in this episode. Has Jeffrey Dean Morgan lost weight? Because he seemed so much... So much slighter. Before he had a bit of heft to him, and I wondered if maybe I've thought more this. Serious I've thought this on. since the time jump into the future, and he came out of the the prison cell. Certainly in that stuff with the whisperers, when he's with with Alpha and the whisperer stuff. Maybe they deliberately put that time jump into the script because JDM had lost so much weight. I wonder whether it was a, an actor's method choice of I'm going to slim down for for this because... So then you need him. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. I'd rather that than it be a medical reason. <laughs> Such a noticeable change. It was only in the corridor, I think, where he was kind of stood three quarters on. I thought, blimey, 
he was like, well, he wasn't a beefcake in the beginning. And he had a powerful build. Mm. Yeah, he's almost he's wiry. Yeah, he's what so wiry now, like yeah. a long distance runner, yeah. almost. An aging long distance runner. Yeah, 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 who could still outrun me comfortably <laughs> <laughs> with the barbed wire bats. Yeah, yeah. I actually talk about. I was a little bit disappointed when he came into the corridor for the four way fight. That he hadn't found something to wrap around that mental pole. So I think we next then see Daryl and Leah. Uh, Leah, Daryl pursuing Leah, telling her that they could have had a second chance. Um, kind of heartbreaking moment, really. But he decides to let her go. Yeah. Again, is that going to come back to bite him on the ass? Maybe, or maybe it was it, it was a decision that I don't know. Maybe Leah will come back and save him in some way, or, or save the crew. And you know, she's lost her family as such. What's she going to do now? I'm, I'm not sure we've seen the end of her, whether it be for good or bad. I, I don't have much to add on that, really, without going forward to to what happens when, when, when he's reunited back in Alexandria, but I don't know. I'd, I'd say that there seemed like there was more chemistry between Leah and Daryl than there was between Connie and Daryl. Like, it was nice, yeah. but there wasn't... Just it just wasn't quite there. It was more. It seemed more platonic than romantic when Daryl and Connie were yep. reunited. Yeah, agreed, absolutely. I definitely think we're going to see Leah again. Yeah, because there was a very short scene in one of the trailers where she appeared. So oh. <laughs> I'm pretty confident we're going to see Leah at some point in the future. Very very tiny blinking you'll miss it moment of Leah in one of the trailers for the for the whole of. Season eleven B. But the thing is, the whole of Daryl's storyline, and I'm I'm kind of assuming she will play a part in whatever the storyline um, is planned for him. Obviously, he doesn't appear in the novels in the well, novels in the comic books, and therefore that's an area that we can't predict. We can make lots of guesses on what happens with the Commonwealth storyline. We can make all sorts of guesses on what happens with the comic books for the Alexandria storyline. But Daryl is absolutely, well, I guess, unpredictable. Maybe once Daryl finally dies, Leah will retake ownership of Dog. Well, someone needs to. Yeah. What do you think Dog will ever leave Daryl's grave? Good point. I think Dog's going anywhere. Maybe Daryl will find himself down a very deep hole or a well. Okay, here for we go. Example. I like this. And hey. Dog will run off to find someone to help, and it will be Leah that he finds. Oh, that's very nice. I like yeah. that. And Dog will be there going, well, well, well. <laughs> <laughs> so they're packing up the food at Meridian and heading back to Alexandria, but Maggie's not going. Maggie's not going with them. She's got a job to do. She's got to pop along to the church where Alden was, where we last saw Alden. Yeah, that's a pop she'll uh, regret. That's a what she'll regret? A pop. She's oh, popping to the church. Popping to the church. Popping to the church. I've seen that's a pop she'll regret. <laughs> well, I think she was duty-bound to go there, having left him. Very <laughs> <laughs> true. Whether she wanted to or not, I think she did want to go and find out what happened. She did. We all did. Wants to know what happened to Alden. Anyway, we see her go in there, and there's a few walkers around. But she's got the skills and gives me the points. Mm-hmm. She kills some of those walkers, and then we discover that Alden is a walker. Mm. Before we get to that, I don't think this happened previously. Before they left him, and you know what the walkers were. The walker that she dispatched was a reaper. Right. They dressed all in black, like the reapers. So somehow Alden bleeding out. Managed to best a walk, or at least get 
Sorry, didn't best of all, managed to get one of the Reapers. If only we had seen that death scene. Oh. Yeah. And we'll come back to that <laughs> later. Okay. Well, I think Alden, let's talk about Alden. You know, that kind of, it almost felt inevitable when he got left in that church. Like when we talked yeah. about that previously, yeah. that one, of the, one of the options was they were going to come back, find he was a walker. I, I think I'd suggested at the time that they just get into the church and that's when he gets bitten or something like that happens. But I was actually slightly disappointed in all seriousness that we didn't actually see his death because as you've already suggested, it was eventful and if nothing else, well, maybe it's a bit gratuitous to want to see it, but it was clearly something that, that would have been quite a fight. And I was really surprised that they brought the act back just to be a walker squirming on the floor. I thought we'd have seen more, to be honest. I think it's, you know, a right of passage for any Walking Dead actor to want to be their walker self. Mm -hmm. I think those that don't probably feel a bit <laughs> gutted about it. But I think we see here the cost of Maggie's choices. You know, she's she's brought these people along on this mission. She's been really gung-ho about it. And this is kind of bringing home to her the fact that sacrifices have been made. Oh, she was gutted. And careless. Very careless, because the zombie, some, that somehow doesn't have use of its legs, was crawling towards her, and she was able to just put her hand slowly to his face, cup it to his cheek on his face, and hold it whilst crying. And at no point did that walker try and move their head to the side to bite her. I mean, where is that walker's motivation? Maybe she's a walker-talker. We have talked about lurkers before who don't have the kind of same get up and go as the walkers <laughs> and have sort of less energy and do just sort of lie around and kind of oh. a, bit, a bit more. I, listeners, you really missed out on that. <laughs> it was beautiful. Anyway, we get to the grave. We get to the grave. Negan shows up at the grave. Quite fitting, I think, that Negan was there at Alden's grave, given that Alden was a saviour initially. Yeah. And those were quite both quite big figures in his life. Yeah. And Negan turns up with his metal pipe, and there's definitely a moment where they, we wonder whether they're going to fight. And he tells her, "You, you were, did what you were always going to do." And he's realised there's just like no way. I'm staying here. He's decided to go his own way and leave. It's a toxic relationship. Nobody's gonna win. It's best we just part ways. He doesn't trust Maggie, and despite all of the kind of relationship drama that we had um, in 11A, he's now said enough's enough. He's obviously not going to disappear from the series, so it would be very interesting now that he's kind of a, a lone wolf, well he's always been a lone wolf, but now he's a lone wolf that isn't part of Alexandria. He's going to come back, so when are we next going to see him? I personally don't think we'll see him with an army of saviours, and I'm not sure we'll see him connect with the Commonwealth. So I'm really interested as to what the storyline is planned for him. A walker. We'll see him somewhere else in yeah, couple later. <laughs> joking. No, mate, well, no, maybe you will. I'm sure um, Jeff would love to be his own walker, but I think we'll see more before that. The thing I thought was interesting was... As this is all going on and the tension's ratcheting up and Maggie tries to slyly go for a gun, I mean, did she get a new gun? She's got more bullets. <laughs> what's she, what's she going to do? Did she pick up a gun from one of the dead, one of her kills? 
Alden's gun. I think Negan's going to find Heath. They're going to fall passionately in love with each other and live happily ever after in a small cabin in the woods somewhere. So we go to this campfire scene with, with Gabriel and Daryl and it's not that interesting and I only really mention it because a walker comes up and Daryl is going to kill the walker and then Maggie, having already scored the maximum 10 points for this episode, takes that kill from Daryl and, and shoots an arrow in its head. Unbelievable. Well, Greedy. Is that kill from me? From you. Your points from Neil, the kill from Daryl, yeah, indeed. But yeah, there's a conversation about choices and whether they even matter anymore between Gabriel and Daryl. Then we see Carol and Jerry watching them come back and they're unloading all the fruit. Daryl's got this big basket of apples mm. and he's being apple monitor. He's like the school monitor. Just take one for now. Just one apple. Only one. Only one apple, you. Oh, and Darryl, then how you've changed. He sees Connie and drops a whole fucking barrel of apples. <laughs> oh, awesome. It was like something out of Little House on the Prairie, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. No longer the, the badass. Norman the Reedus. What have you agreed to? I think we're going to see some interesting stuff from Daryl in the future episodes, I think. But coming back to that Lydia point you were making before, she's asking about where Negan's gone and he's not there. And she feels quite anxious, I think, about that. My prediction is we're going to see Lydia join up potentially with Negan. I, I think you could be right there. Yeah. I'm not sure there's a place in the Commonwealth yeah. for someone who used to dig up worms for their breakfast. I don't know. I think they would absolutely find a place for her probably in the equivalent to, to what downstairs is. I think they would be happy to give her quite a horrible job. Maybe a toilet cleaner or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, toilets need cleaning. Wrong kind of worms, though. More of the impact of Alden's death when Aaron finds out that he's gone and reminded that Aaron and Alden were quite close. And then a really lovely moment when Jerry spots something coming down the, the street to them. We cut to a shot of Gabriel. Um, whose face is just like, what the fuck? Can we not just like have a break, please? Mm. Uh, really, it was a really tiny moment, but I just loved it. It was great. Commonwealth soldiers coming down, and then Eugene appears, and it's like, it's okay, we're all friends here, we're all friends here. I totally sold you out to the Commonwealth <laughs> in order to save my own skin. I'm not going to mention that part of it. And then we get all of the Alexandrians, and Eugene's making a little speech and introduces Lance Hornsby and uh, just the sound of one man clapping <laughs> as he introduced him was brilliant talk about not getting the vibe just all of them stood there like who the fuck are you and why should we care and he's try trying to go for the hard sell and just watching Daryl look at Maggie look back at Daryl like who is this prick <laughs> and this guy in a suit shows up they're all starving and hungry and then I thought they dealt with the next bit really brilliantly by having this kind of time jump to six months later. Absolutely, because things have changed. And whereas, yeah, initially they're looking at Lance Hornsby going, what a dick, and why you're all dressed up as Star Wars characters, you've got Daryl as one of those stormtroopers. A really lovely cut where we get uh, yeah. Daryl looking at Maggie and then it cuts and it's almost exactly the same thing and it pans out and we see Maggie and Elijah in Hilltop looking down at these Commonwealth soldiers. And that throws up so many questions. Obviously the biggest one being how has Daryl got himself, has he taken over from Mercer or is, is you know, how, how has he got involved with the Commonwealth? 
And then why are they at the hilltop rather than Alexandria? Like what has changed there? And also why are they enemies? Because obviously Eugene was trying to set up the two of them working together. So many questions. And I only hope that it's not long before we get at least some ideas as to how that's happened. I really don't want, you know, another eight episodes of Alexandria now. I think that we'll see the Alexandrians in the Commonwealth in the next episode. Mm. I wonder whether Maggie and Elijah ever go there, whether they mm. just turn down the offer and remove themselves to the hilltop immediately to rebuild that. Yeah. But my prediction is that we're going to see exactly that scene in about seven episodes' time. <laughs> the, the, the next seven episodes are going to deal with the six months in between before that time jumping after it. Yeah, I think you're right. I think we're then going to see 11C. We'll see that scene for the third time. Mm-hmm. It's good for the budget to show the same scene three times. No, I think I think I think <laughs> the, the final the final episode of, of 11B. I think will be some resolution to the Commonwealth, or certainly that part of conflict between Hilltop and the Commonwealth, and something big will happen in that. And then potentially, potentially the final eight episodes will be post Commonwealth. I don't know. Hopefully. My my theory is that Daryl is not what he seems. I think Daryl is there as a as a uh, as, as a legend. double agent. I don't think he's standing yeah, against Maggie. I'd go with that. I believe that. But either way, I am very excited about the journey from now until that moment. So anything else you want to say about the episode before we move on to the sweepstakes scores? Uh, yeah, so I think if, I mean, Neil, tell me if I'm wrong here. I believe we said that scores didn't count for this week. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> Let me run through the predictions and, and the subsequent scores from those. So, Neil, you had Daryl as your killer. He managed two points by killing uh, Reaper. You predicted Leah and Virgil, and they didn't die, although Leah came fairly close. Mm. So it's two points for you from this episode. I predicted Maggie is my killer, and she scored the maximum 10 points as killer. She, she got more than that, but we ma- we cap the killer's points yeah. at 10. And then my deaths were Carver and Alden, mm. who both died in the episode. So I got maximum points. I don't know if this has ever happened before. Well, okay. So now is the time for me to bring up your definition of the rules. Okay, before you before you get to that, let's just talk, let's give Damien his points. So Aaron managed four Walker kills and scored four points, but Elijah and Kelly were still alive, so no more points for them. Was but it only four kills? How many did you think it was? How many did you count? Oh, I thought. Oh, did we see? I don't. When when they all suddenly came up from the water, we didn't see him kill anyone, did we? He dispatched like four of them in the basement, I thought. Was that not Yeah, so when he first gets into the water, he gets a whole load of them and then he crushes the skull. Yeah. And I I think that might have been, I think you're right, I think that might have been four. Yeah. But I just, for some reason I thought then when he's left on his own after he's got Gracie and Judith out, they all... They all come up out of the water. They all come out of the one water, but we cut away then, don't we? Yeah, we do. So we then I think you're right, it's four them. points. Yeah, it's four and points. that is a really nice transition to my point. And I do have Sue Gray working on a report at the moment regarding your judgment, Adam. But the rules are that we have to see someone die. And therefore, Maggie killing Alden is Maggie killing a walker. It's not a human death. It's not Alden's death. He's already died. That's happened 
off camera. It doesn't take away from your score for Maggie's kills, because you say she killed a lot more than the maximum. However, it does take away the points for Olden dying, because we didn't see it on screen. But lying and changing the rules to what fits you, it's just beneath you, Adam. It's not me changing the rules at all in any way, shape or form. The whole rule about seeing uh, death on screen was about killers and like people shooting off and, and you know, well, they clearly killed 20 zombies in that, in that scene, but we just, you know, it was just all happened off screen. So that was kind of why the rule about seeing a death on screen kind of mattered. There is a precedent for this, and I can't remember exactly what it is, but we have had this conversation before in that we we did discuss the fact that before this episode, our understanding was that Alden was alive. Therefore, we could predict him. So if we learned of that character's death mm. in the episode... No, yeah, yeah, not yeah. learning of that character's death. No, absolutely. This, no, this is a precedent it's and it's a conversation that we've had before. It totally is. It totally is a, definitely a conversation. I can't remember exactly what the situation was. There was a situation where we thought someone might have died at the end of an episode but we weren't sure and so we said if it's confirmed in the next episode it's the episode that we learned that they had died then the that we point count. Well, no, not the episode we learned they died we said if someone said that character's died and they die in that episode but we don't see it but then we find out they have then that counts for the person who predicts them dying in that episode where they would have died however in this episode, he was already dead. She killed a walker. How do you know that happened outside of this episode? Outside of the time frame of this episode? You don't. He could have died within the time frame of this episode. We only learn about his death in this episode, so therefore it counts as a death. It's off camera. He was on our list. We're really clear about off camera. No, we are. We're talking about that with killers. I mean, I don't mind. I've got like if if you say tons of points anyway. I've got tons of points anyway. That doesn't really matter to me. But I think it is important for going forward. And my my argument would be that if a character is alive, according to our knowledge. When we're talking about deaths, not killers, we're talking about deaths, not, not killer points. Um, if a character is alive, according to our knowledge, and then we predict them in good faith because we believe them to still be alive, mm-hmm. and then we learn that they are dead in the next episode, then that should count. Why do we have a different rule book for deaths and killers? Because it's about the, the killer points. Are like someone shoots over there. Yeah. And they could kill a killer. Sorry, listeners. Adam is, is pointing to his left. Someone points a gun off screen and fires. And you could say, they killed a walker then. I should get a point. But we don't, because we don't see that walker die. So that's why it counts for kills on screen. Mm. But deaths is different. Why? Because it's about that character, us knowing that that character is dead. I predict in this episode, Alden's dead. But as you yourself have said, we don't know when he died. No, but he's dead. He is I dead. predict in this episode, by the end of this episode... <laughs> he would, it could have been the previous episode that he died. I predict by the end of this episode... We left him in the previous episode. But we didn't know that. We didn't see it. But that's the whole point of things being on screen. It's not. The kills, the point The point of being on screen is for the kills, for the killer. But he wasn't killed on screen. A walker no. was killed. 
Ow! I'm not asking for the points for no, him being killed because he was killed by a random reaper or a walker yeah, yeah, or somebody yeah. else. I'm not asking for the. I'm not even asking for these points. No, you get. You I'm get trying to agree. I'm trying. I don't. I'm not even arguing for these points. I'm trying to agree a precedent for us moving forwards. I accept that, and maybe it comes down to Damien, and if we're still uh, a Mexican standoff, then maybe we need to call Grace into into this. Okay, if it's ambiguous that whether they die, it's the episode that we learn that they are dead. I posit this. I say that we give the points. At this moment in time, we can't talk about what we've said however long ago. We re-listen to that, and if it proves to not be the case, then those points are taken away from Adam. But if Adam is correct, he keeps the points because we score in a positive manner. Since we're all friends. That's far too diplomatic. Well, I've already spoken to my friend Sue Gray, and she is, along with the Met Police, putting reports in on this. We can all get questionnaires. I don't mind taking the 15 points, and then we'll listen back. I'm happy for that to be the case. Okay, let's go for and that. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll see if I can find the episode. I don't, it may have been a conversation we had before we started recording these. It may have been a dream think, you had, Adam. I think it was, but I will see if I can find that conversation. So if, if I'm not taking the points, then then the precedent has been set yep, here yep, yep. until I prove otherwise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That if we don't see the death on screen, you don't get the points. Yes. All right. I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah. That's that's fair. Fair. I prefer yeah. to mark positively, but fine. <laughs> we can mark rationally. Okay, great. So let's move on to our predictions for the next episode. Oh my god! Big long chunk of that to cut. Um, I, don't, I don't know why you're acting surprised. We do this every Walking Dead episode. So here's the blurb oh, for it. No. No, I'm not thought of it. I haven't watched the trailer. I have no. Episode 10, New Haunts. The heroes experience Halloween in the Commonwealth. Oh, God. Daryl and Rosita undergo military training led by Mercer. Carol investigates Ezekiel's medical condition. Fortunately, I get to go first. <laughs> Fortunately for me and Damo, because we weren't prepared for this by our own fault. So my prediction for Killer is going to be Rosita. Dios mio. And my prediction for Death is going to be Rosita. <laughs> so she, I'm going double bubble, Rosita, Killer and Death. Increíble. Damo, you're up next. Uh, Daryl Killer, obviously. Although I'm not sure that they'll actually be killing anything as part of their military training. And, well, everyone's at the Commonwealth now, I'm assuming, bar probably Maggie and Elijah. So who who is ripe for being cold? I'm going to go for Tommy. Was that your backup? Yeah, would, have been, would have been my second choice here. Neil. Well, I would have gone for Daryl, but I'm going to go for Maggie as killer. And... For death, I am going for Okay, and we go reverse order for second deaths, is that right? Uh, well, not reverse order, just the next one. So yeah. I now go so first you... for my second death. Yeah. I went for Tommy, who is part of the also starring gang. Mm. So I need to pick someone who's named, and I think I'm going to go with the Dreadlock Warrior. Mm. Ezekiel. Ezekiel. I don't want to be, once again... I don't want to be right, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I mean, how much longer are they going to spin out this No, story but also on? it's said that he's unwell. Just in time for Jerry to see him. Hopefully they'll have a, a tearful goodbye at the bedside. 
Well, not hopefully. But I can imagine it would be a very good scene if it was. Yeah, definitely. I'd possibly join you on Ezekiel. I've chosen Kelly, who IMDb classes as a main character. Oh, keep going through this. <laughs> Wikipedia doesn't. Kelly's a main character. Kelly's main character. He's a main character. We've been saying it for a long time. So therefore, I can't go for Ezekiel. Of course you can. Ezekiel's a main character and you'd only need to have... I can do two main characters. Yeah, you can have two main characters. Oh, I thought we were forced to do... No, 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 no. no. Well, then, yeah, Then Ezekiel. Zeke. Great. I am going to make it a clean sweep of Ezekiel. (laughs) (laughs) You cowards! The advantages of being 11 points currently um. in the lane. So, yeah, that's it for our Walking Dead episode. Great to have it back in our lives mm. until the dead walk again and start their own fireworks. Mm-hmm. Um, do we want to do the socials? Go on, then, Neil. Oh, actually, before we get into the socials, have we had any mail in, Neil? Well, Margaret has got a restraining order at the moment, and I can't talk about details... Because the investigation is still ongoing. Yeah, fair enough. So I'm feeling quite emotional now. So perhaps you could cover the socials that came in. But just remember, stay away from her, okay? If you can't be near someone you want to talk to, you can contact them usually through social media. So if it's one of us, you can find us at TVDNAPod on Instagram and Twitter. You can put TV space DNA in the Facebook search bar or you can send us an email at tvdnapod at gmail.com. We did receive a complaint recently about our most recent episode, The Walking Dead preview and the Oscars preview. Complaint was, we talked about The Walking Dead for about 30 minutes and the Oscars only for about seven minutes. Uh, We do a jollipies and we'll put time codes in the descriptions of future podcasts making it clear what we've talked about and for how long. This episode's all about The Walking Dead, so there's no need to worry about that for this. Um, but yeah, thank you very much, chaps. It's been entertaining. <laughs> for what? For what? Yeah. No, I've enjoyed sparring with you both. Cheerio, bye. Bye. I'm just upset. You'll be all right, Neil. <laughs>